My name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. to another episode of the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach and I'm your host. The world is still getting a crash course in remote work technology like audio and video conferencing. And not everyone sounds the same when you log on to uh, Zoom, Teams, uh, GoToMeeting, etc. Um, that's because some people are using their built-in microphones on their laptop. Some are using external mics or all-in-one webcam and mic devices. And... Uh, Folks in the office are using you know, high-quality conference room mics. So as the world adjusts to a hybrid work environment, uh, these issues with audio quality will persist unless your IT department acts. Um, to talk about this is Nancy Knowlton, president and CEO of conferencing tech company Nareva. She says companies should not rush to make any decisions and they should survey their remote work landscape first. Knowlton says clients are reporting audio quality issues when remote workers call into conference rooms or huddle rooms, and investments in those rooms are being wasted. If you noticed uh, that I sound different, it's because it is actually not me conducting the interview. It's my co-worker and, and uh, co-editor at My Tech Decisions, Adam Forziati. So enjoy listening to Adam. Before we get to the interview, here's a quick reminder that the My Tech Decisions podcast is available on both iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe to hear weekly interviews with experts in IT, cybersecurity, unified communications, cloud computing, and more. And now here's the interview. Um, Nancy, uh, we're talking today about, well, about a sort of a broad topic, uh, about meeting room audio and so, sort of best practices for deciding what what. Uh, route to take in these kinds of environments. So let's start off with this. Um, what would you tell generally an IT pro or some other kind of technology decision maker uh, about pursuing speakers uh, and audio solutions in general for conference rooms and huddle rooms? My best piece of advice is take your time and consider carefully what it is uh, in terms of a user experience that you want to uh, deliver. Currently, we're encountering a number of organizations who come to us in almost a state of desperation saying, I just need something. And we always interpret that as, uh, you know, I don't care what you have, I just have to install uh, something. And I would suggest that that type of uh, short-term thinking uh, may result in a, a long-term uh, viable uh, solution, um, but it more than likely uh, will not. And uh, we are uh, working with a number of organizations now who are in the process of what they call fixing their uh, rooms. And what that really boils down to is a group of uh, disgruntled uh, users who complain about uh, the experience of being remote when meetings are held in a variety of rooms. 
I think what's different today is that we now have all had the experience of being uh, remote. It's not just the you know, few people who are in a different geographic uh, location or who are working, you know, that one day where they're a little bit under the weather but not sick enough to stop uh, working. And just about anybody can put up with anything for a half day or a day. But where people are going to uh, be remote for um, a significant period of time, uh, as they now may be, you know, when people will go back to the office and work part of the time in the office and part of the time from home or fully uh, from home, people have become uh, much more discriminating about the experience that they have, and they're just not going to tolerate bad audio because let's face it, it is so exhausting and disengaging. So on that topic, again, you know, what are some best practices, do you think, for, for placing of audio solutions in the environments themselves? Uh, we're, we'll also talk about uh, the working from home experience. But first, I wanted to ask, ask you more about, you know, the, the in, uh, in-room placement how important is that and, and how do you determine where the be how, how to best place that the solutions themselves you know one of the things that uh, we have heard uh, quite consistently from uh, customers is that they want clean uh, tables and they want clean tables for really two reasons aesthetics keeps coming up more and more but the prime uh, reason has to do with uh, the distraction of uh, clicking keyboards, papers shuffling, uh, pens tapping, all of that uh, noise that can get picked up from the activity that might take place on a table uh, close to those um, microphones. So. People are more discriminating now, looking for uh, an option that is off the table. So that, that would be uh, number one. Um, the message that we uh, have around the type of solution uh, that we offer has resonated very strongly uh, with customers, and that is that we um, offer a, a solution, a, a different uh, technology that really fills the whole room. We don't sort of um, uh, have beams that go into a particular uh, zone. We flood the entire um, meeting space. And what that means is that our customers have the option of putting our systems on the wall, up out of the way. They don't even have to be at the so-called front of the room. They can be placed on uh, the sidewall. And our newest system that we've introduced, the HDL 200, can be installed above or below a display that could even be mounted on a movable cart.
of related to that, I think you started to touch on it a little bit, but what are some of the most common acoustical issues uh, in these kinds of rooms that you've heard about from your customers? Well, there's a, a couple of acoustic uh, challenges. Um, it, it's uh, surprising uh, to see a good number of uh, spaces that, uh, you know, are bounded on at least uh, three walls by uh, glass. The aesthetic uh, is beautiful, but acoustically, uh, those are very hard uh, surfaces which bounce uh, the audio uh, and they don't uh, absorb the audio like uh, drywall would. You know, raw concrete uh, floors, again, not a, a highly uh, absorbent surface. And a lot of loft style uh, spaces, workspaces, mean that meeting rooms um, also have these uh, totally open uh, ceilings uh, where, you know, it's all exposed right to the raw concrete um, above the uh, HVAC uh, systems. So all of those uh, surfaces, um, produce a highly uh, reverberant environment. And so they're sometimes uh, really quite uh, difficult uh, to deal with. And then, of course, in some of the larger spaces, if you want to reconfigure uh, furniture, uh, that again for some other uh, technologies can be a little bit uh, challenging. It's not challenging for our um, products because we fill that entire space uh, with, with uh, virtual microphones, no um, microphones to steer or aim. Uh, so the whole space is, um, uh, is covered. And so it's, it's really those kinds of uh, issues that uh, we hear about the most in um, higher education and in some very large uh, meeting spaces, uh, some challenges can occur uh, from the uh, changing number of people who are in the room because let's face it, people are good uh, sound absorbers as well. And if you have a few people in a very large uh, space, the acoustic uh, properties that the um, audio system encounters are dramatically uh, different than uh, when that space is filled with a lot of people. So what would you suggest to um, IT directors and other decision makers who are trying to solve these challenges even if their uh, their spaces are not configured properly, you know, if, even if their spaces have one, if not all of these issues. Well, first of all, there's nothing like uh, trying out and hearing uh, systems uh, for yourself. I think uh, we all have uh, faced the experience where uh, we've read. Uh, specifications for any number of products and then the experience in use doesn't exactly um, match. So get the products in, try them out, put them in your uh, your meeting rooms, all of the different meeting spaces and see how they do um, or do not uh, perform. 
Secondly, I would say um, measure the acoustical uh, properties of the various meeting rooms uh, that you have so that at the very least you understand what you're uh, dealing with if you are in a highly reverberant uh, environment that may have been created for uh, aesthetic reasons, those uh, those glass uh, walls that I was uh, talking about, consider what some of the additions could be to that space that would improve uh, the acoustics. There are sound absorption uh, solutions uh, available, and there are emerging technologies that attempt to uh, resolve some of those uh, problems as well. But I guess the, the overarching uh, statement that I would make is that you really should consider uh, that this is a process and you're going to hear feedback from uh, your uh, user base and consider that you know, something that may have been state-of-the-art a year ago or two years ago when you put it in may not be state-of-the-art uh, today. And so how might you take uh, the new technologies in to improve that overall experience? Because if your customer base, your user base is uh, complaining about uh, audio, that's not a good space to be in. So let's say that you are an IT director or, you know, again, just any kind of decision maker in that kind of world. Um, and, and right now you're trying to balance uh, a newly remote workforce and you know that many of them are experiencing audio issues themselves personally at home. And you know that your space itself where maybe some, a few people are congregating in, you know, in, in doses, so to speak. Uh, are are not quite right. Uh, they, it's reverberant or whatever issue, um, insert issue here kind of thing. What advice would you give uh, somebody in this position who is trying to manage the people who are going to stay at home and potentially face sound issues and the people who are going to be coming back very shortly in, in, in rotation? or the people who are going to come back and uh, work from home on an alternating basis. So I think we really have uh, three uh, employee uh, groups. So, you know, I think uh, one of the things is um, to get ahead of uh, some of the issues and actually ask uh, staff uh, what their experience has been. Uh, very often, uh, the insights and input from staff can be uh, highly illuminating and recognize as well that it's not just the quality of the audio uh, from meeting rooms uh, in the office that is an issue. It's also the audio experience of people who are working from homes, uh, from home. Increasingly, we're hearing about uh, companies that are setting standards for um, home products. Uh, I can tell you the number of people that I've spoken to who just are so frustrated with the headphones that they've had to use. They've said that they interfere with their glasses, they're tight on their ears, and they just are tired of having to wear 
uh, headphones to get that good uh, microphone pickup. Okay, so if that's not a good experience, uh, maybe IT is the in the best position to both recommend uh, or specify what it is that remote staff uh, should be using. And then secondly, we're hearing about uh, organizations who are providing allowances to their staff to uh, allow them uh, some uh, latitude in uh, buying the products that maybe they've got a couple of uh, choices so that people feel that they have a little bit of control over uh, their own um, experience. And so communicating that there are experience uh, experiments taking place, not just now, but into uh, the future, that anybody's uh, advice and input is welcome uh, into the scenario. And just to uh, let them be part of, say, panels who um, are um, making the choice of tools that the organization uh, is selecting uh, can all be uh, viable uh, strategies for um, maybe embattled uh, IT uh, directors and managers who feel that there's just so much to manage with that newly remote workforce. So Nancy, I, you were talking about um, some companies are, that are starting to set standards for home products. And I think you started to, without even necessarily meaning to answer this question about that. But I guess if you were going to set up a standard, a company-wide standard, for the home office audio products that employees are using, what would you do to make that happen in a efficient and um, you know, hopefully accurate manner? Well, there's a couple of things that uh, we're hearing uh, directly uh, from staff as well. In our own office, we have uh, sit-stand uh, desks. So if you want, um, partway through the day, you just press a button and up pops your desk and you can choose to stand uh, for a period of time. And what, uh, what we can do as well, people are able to stand during meetings, they can walk around um, a space. And so that's been one of the common uh, complaints that we're starting uh, to to hear from people as well. So I'm not sure that a lot of organizations would have immediately thought of that changed uh, circumstance for uh, staff. And so kind of enabling the same uh, ergonomic considerations that have gone into so many workspaces today I think you need to spend a little bit of time and um, think about that from uh, the home perspective. I would say that you need to think about size and scale of, uh, of products. I know as we think about the size of, um, let's say our HDL uh, 300 um, product, I would just have to be very honest and say, I don't think that fits into uh, the aesthetic of our uh, home. It's too large. 
and the area that it covers is so much larger than uh, the physical space uh, that uh, that I occupy in my office and in my husband's uh, office, again, that product would just be too uh, large. So you want to have a level of respect for the uh, home aesthetics, the home space uh, as well, and just recognize that, in fact, it is uh, different uh, from the office and make sure... Uh, that uh, it's priced right, uh, but it also has the performance uh, characteristics that can make it successful in the home. Okay, I think that pretty much uh, you know sums up all the questions I wanted to ask you. I appreciate your time, Nancy. Okay, well, hopefully that helped you and uh, maybe is aligned or even a little bit different from what you're hearing from other people. It is, yeah. We have our um, our resident audio audio guy named Bob, who works more primarily for for the CE Pro brand, the home integration brand. And um, you know, it's always interesting to hear his perspective on it because he was really steeped in audio engineering and uh, music oh, yeah. production, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. As so many um, audio. Uh, people are the audio files from the music business. Oh, audio file is a light term for Bob, but <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, well, I, I appreciate it. I hope you stay safe, and I hope that uh, you know we we are welcomed to a world where you can go back to California. Yeah, at some point where all of the shackles are uh, removed. <laughs> You bet. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at mytechdecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWcomo. Until next time. <laughs>